welcome to Dr. Cheryl's Pod Couch, where we talk about all things mental health. Today, I am really excited to have Dr. Justin on, who is a chiropractor trained in Texas um, with an undergraduate an undergrad degree from LSU. He's had his own private practice here in the U.S. for six years until the past five years where he's been a sole practitioner in the hospital in the Yunnan province of China, serving 200,000 people. All of this will make more sense when we start talking. Um, Dr. Justin started a weekly podcast called A Doctor's Perspective, who I have been a guest on before, and is the author of two books, Today's Choices, Tomorrow's Health, Small Steps to Improve Health, Food Choices, Exercise, and Life, and the other is Needleless Acupuncture, Self-Treatment Guide for 40 Common Conditions, All with No Needles. He is married to a spectacular woman, and they're raising a strong, intelligent, independent, beautiful daughter in China. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much. Great intro. <laughs> well, you have a great background, and it's funny for us to do a role reversal. So you had me on your podcast when I was um, talking a lot about mommy burnout, and now I'm excited to hear your story. So why don't we start there? Tell us your story. You're an American chiropractor and you're raising your child with your wife in China. So how was that decision made and, and how's it going? Well, so the quick version is I was in Denver for six years. I had a, had a first wife and uh, we was like, we could go back home or we could strike it like everybody else does. Let's try Denver. So we tried it. And, you know, when business goes up and down, sometimes it stresses the relationship. Anyway, we're going to do a Seinfeld, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Divorce occurs. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, having really good years after that, which is kind of funny and ironic. But um, I was like, what's tying me to Colorado anymore? And it wasn't a lot. So I said, you know what? My family's not even here. Let's just go. I'm going to go. And on the process of selling my clinic. Wait, you're going to uh, go where? Where, actually, did you, where did you think you were going to go? Back to Louisiana. Oh, back to Louisiana. Okay. Yes. So I'm a Cajun, you know, Mardi Gras and all that. So that's kind of my roots. Um, and the lady who bought my clinic was like, hey, I, I worked in uh, Dubai with the, had to wear the head covering and everything. And she's not Muslim. And I was like, wait, so you did that just to work somewhere? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, heck, if you can do that, surely I can find some place as a white male who don't have any of these uh, issues. You know what I mean? So I said, uh, where do I not have to do boards? I'm not, you know, it's been six years. Yeah. I'm not trying to learn how to do the intricacies of the liver anymore. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's, just, that's a lot. That's a lot. So anyway, uh, China pops into my radar, go back and forth. I live there for a, I go back, I go to China for a year. Wait, hold on, hold I'm, on. So you just have this thought. I'm now a single free guy. I've just sold my practice. I want to go somewhere. Did you purposely want to leave the U.S.? Yes. At that point, I was like, I don't want to just jump back into practice ownership because I was going to get burned out. There's not <laughs> a lot of vacation. It's hard to, it's, you know, when you're on your own place, it's hard to take off. Yes. And so it's like, I want to go explore the world. I've never done that. I went from high school all the way to practice ownership without a break. And um, so I, I just, I just wanted something else. And working as an associate in America, you typically don't make much money. So I really didn't want to do that. And so I was like, let me just look over across the world. And so once the world opened up, you got to figure out where you want to go. And you know, China wasn't an easy choice. I was, you know, I have a tattoo on my leg of a cross and you hear stories. And uh, so I was messing with the guys like, hey, man, I'm not going to go to jail or something for that. I want to wear shorts. 
He goes, nah, man, you watch too much TV. That's not a thing. That's <laughs> okay. not, that's not a thing. Okay. <laughs> not a thing. So anyway, so I went for a year and enjoyed it. But at the same time, there were, you know, just, you don't speak the language. It's, it's difficult. I was like, all right, that was fun. Let's go back to the real world. And, uh, my place in Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, my staff member recommended, hey, there's this girl. She's single. You're single. You want to go on a blind date? I was like, yeah, why not? I'm already on the websites. And I met my new wife. And uh, after a while, I was like, hey, my boss calls back. Like, why don't you come back? I was like, okay. Negotiated. I went back. And now it's been four years, which is a lot easier when your wife is Chinese and speaks the language and everything. So now we have a daughter, which is just a year old. Wait, hold on a second. And that is a hold on. This is way too much. This is a lot. So you go to China for a year. I'm thinking you meet her there. You don't meet her there. You spent a year no. there. That was all fun. You come back. All right, I got to come. Let me go back home. Um, and then you're back in Louisiana, of all places. And someone says, let me set you up on a date with a woman who's a family. Or is she originally from China? She's originally from China and had been in America for a few years. And so she was now single and was, you know, they're like, hey, why don't you go hang out? And I was like, you both have China involved. She's a great girl. And I was like, whatever. Okay. So now I have appreciation for a different culture mm-hmm. uh, and, a, and a woman that doesn't look like me. And so, you know, those type of uh, things that would probably turn off some people and her as well. It's like, uh, what am I going to do with this white guy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So, so you, so you guys go on a first date. Did you just instantly connect or did it take some time? What was fun was I worked in the Yunnan. And that previous or that during that year, she had went with her mom to the Yunnan. So we had an instant, oh, we've been to the same place. And there's a lot of um, like minorities there. They call them different ethnic groups. So there's uh, Hans and then there's everybody else. And to us, they might, quote, look the same. Yeah. They have a different bloodline. And so she has a she's a mix of, of different things. And so Yunnan is a huge population of ethnic minorities, like 36 of them. So if you're so from the area of location. if you're from the area of Yunnan in China, you are a minority. Is that what you're saying? Usually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, there's 36 different minorities. Wow. So there's one majority province. and 36 minorities. But we're like 76 or 90 something minorities. So we have 36 of them represented in uh, this province. So it's a very good mix of lots of different kind of cultures and, and diversity. Whereas in some of the other provinces, you're like, no, this is just Han people with a few people mixed in. So people come here to experience new, diverse ways of doing things and culture and food and costumes and things like that. So that's where you live right now? Correct. Okay. And so what's it like to, what is it like to... to be an American there is that is that like prestigious is it not like how does that work when she brings she goes back home or back to that area with her white American husband (laughs) so there's a mix you've got the oh great we got a good girl and of course she marries a foreigner Mm -hmm. because there's more women than men and so there's like this whole thing so there's there's a piece of that that occur, can occur, and every now and then she'll experience somebody make a no comment. But in overall, for me, it's not a bad thing. Now, sure, I don't get as cheap prices in the market. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah. overall, they're like, oh, it's a foreigner. They know what they're doing. You kind of get this assumption that like you're smart, you know what you're doing, you're probably rich. So that's a probably you know that's one of the bad parts. Um, 
see, you do have instant respect and you have to either keep it or really show yourself, like try to be humble, especially like in an office setting, like with a hospital where if you're making more money than they are and you have more time off than they do, but really they're busier and are doing like surgeries and things, you know, there's a hierarchy of in medicine and chiropractic is not up there with, you know, doing surgery. Um, so there's a little bit of, you know, that, that jealousy that can kick in. So we have to make sure that we're, you know, on time for work, take people out for lunch and just try to figure out ways to smooth things, keep things kind of level, you know? So you have to work on it uh, even now, even still now you have to work on it. Well, at this point we work with the same people all the time. And so we know who cares and know who doesn't. And we just don't waste our time on the people that don't want anything to do with this. So it's fine. Gosh. Oh my gosh. So that's interesting. The stereotype is that because you're an American, you're smart. Is that a stereotype there? Yeah. Smart, rich, and they really like pale skin. So oh, we're also attractive. Oh, yeah. and attract. Wow. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's interesting. There's a fun saying. It's called Gao Fu Shui. It's tall, white, and rich. That's, and they, they said that for themselves. So it's like one of the little catchphrases. And for women, it's Bai Fu Mei, tall, white, and rich. No, tall. Anyway, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like here. Good looking. uh, What is it here? Dark, tall, dark and handsome. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So yeah, they just don't want dark. Yeah, they don't want dark. (laughs) They want light. Very interesting. So um, how long have you been there? You've been there five years. Is that right? Almost five years. Yeah. Yeah. And so what kinds of trends do you see? I think what I probably was most fascinated with talking to you was looking at um, mental health and physical health trends and feeling like we're probably metaphorically and literally worlds apart on that. But that's, again, just my assumption. Can Can you talk to me about what are the trends that you see in both those areas? Sure. I'll start with physical because that's the easy one. And then the mental health is a little bit, it's a smoking culture. Now, there are signs, and especially in the bigger cities, hey, stop smoking. Kids, don't smoke. Even e-cigarettes, don't smoke. But it's a still a big thing, and they drink a lot. You know, they like to drink this uh, vodka-style beverage. And so uh, you're going to – after all these years, you're getting people who are getting lung problems, liver problems, kidney problems. They're embracing the Western diet, so that means they're getting diabetes. They're getting fat. Kids are getting fatter and uh, all the stuff that goes along with that, hypertension, diabetes. So those are the obvious things that I'm seeing as they progress into the more, you know, getting away from some of their natural, the way they eat. Um, Now, it's funny because at the same time, they always still have that, I'm going to do herbs instead of antibiotics if I get sick, you know? So there's a mix of both. And I think it's a younger generation. They're embracing McDonald's and the fast food and all those types of chips and sugary desserts and things. So that's the obvious physical. Now, mental, I was chatting with my wife. I was like, hey, we don't really see a lot of mental health. Like what? What's going on? And what I think, and since you have like, you know, the mommy burnout and I think your specialty is children, I'll, I'll bring it towards the kids on this one. You have to do good, not just good. You're studying three or four hours a day to get into the best high school. Then you got to do the best to get into the best college. And it's all based on test scores. So if the test score top is 300 and you're a 299, well, I'm pretty sure there's going to be enough 300s to where you don't get into the best high school. And you're just one point off. But there were 75 people ahead of you. Let me ask you about that. Is the high school situation there, are they 
like what we would call public schools or are they private high schools? You have both, but most people can't afford to go to the private because it's, it's like night and day difference in price. Okay. So you really got to be the owner of some big corporation sometimes to be able to afford to go to like an international school. So you're just trying to get into the best high school that you can get into. And they're kind of ranked. You know, they're definitely this is the second best high school, which doesn't mean you can't get into college. It just means you're going to have to work harder. So um, when you have the massive stress of trying to be the best in your class, you're going to have anxiety and you're going to have depression, probably undiagnosed. So for some people, that means they're going to quit at an early age. It's like, look, I am not the 100 out of 100. I'm more like a 90. Therefore, I just quit. I'm going to just go work. Wow. Some people like that. You know what I mean? So is there a high high school? Is there a high rate of kids who don't even go to high school? Not anymore. Okay. So there are maybe like the smaller towns. Okay. So do they, is, is in China, I'm just curious, do they, does the word anxiety, do the words anxiety and depression exist? Yes. And there are mental health practitioners is just finding them and going to them is the problem. And so I think more people just either talk to their family and try to figure it out that way, or they just go into that path of drugs, not really drugs, but alcohol and uh, maybe smoking at a younger age. And you know, it is some people can holler, tolerate drinking other people. It takes them down a path at a younger age that they wish they wouldn't have gone down. So are um, there, are there psychiatrists there? Probably somewhere. But not, that would be very uncommon. <laughs> not where I'm at. Maybe like Beijing, Shanghai, Xi'an, some of these big like mega cities, but like, are there kids on, are kids on Prozac there? No, 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 no. No, like not that, that, that would not exist. Like anywhere in the country, you don't think that would exist, that they're on Adderall, Ritalin, Prozac, none of that. No, I, I asked my wife, I was like, hey, are y'all, she's just like, what? No. <laughs> Interesting. What are you talking about? Interesting. Yeah, okay. Depression too, like depression stuff is difficult to find as well. So yeah, it was, that was the, that was the, my biggest concern is these kids because now they also have piano practice or violin practice or something like that on top of their four hours of school. So they don't have like a sports outlet. Mm-hmm. And I think in America that, you know, comparing, contrasting, I think American kids could probably stand to study strong, harder, mm-hmm. but they don't really have a lot of organized sports. They're not like, my kids are going to be a soccer player. No, your kid's not. And they're not going to make it to college. So maybe you should just not even try in high school. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> yeah. They just so, cut it off. Yeah, they like, assess you quickly and early on. Yeah. I mean, think about Olympics. China's amazing at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But how many people are in a country with a billion people actually are good enough to make it to the Olympics? It's very small. So unless someone sees talent in you and ships you off to some other area of the country, you're going to be studying. So there's just not a lot of outdoor. There's basketball and there is soccer, but there's no organized sports to really – just channel that extra energy to burn off so that you don't have that anxiety of like I have to study and do so well. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So if you were, if you were an excellent gymnast or soccer player, you, you're not staying in your hometown. You are literally getting shipped off and someone else is raising you and your coach is sort of your guardian. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know enough to really concrete that, but based on what I've seen, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later with family things, if your kid's that good and your coach notices it, either your family will move with you to support that dream because everything is so kid-centric or they will find a way to, you know, your kid's are really good. Let's go try out while they're really, they are good. 
So it's not uncommon for a kid to go to a different city to go to normal school. So they're in junior high. They're in the best junior high at a city next door with better schools. And you just see your kids on the weekend. So that already is a thing. Wow. Where do they stay in, so, the, in the town over or the city over? You could stay uh, at an in-laws of family member or something like that. But there's actually like, uh, what do you call that? Boarding? Oh, they're like boarding schools? Yeah. yeah like a lot of the schools have places for kids to sleep because, you know, it's not, um, not every kid is able to go back and forth every day. So it's very common to have living arrangements at school. Like dormitories. schools. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So what are the family trends that you're seeing in China? And in your opinion, both positive and maybe negative ones. Yeah. So you got to go where the money is sometimes as a family. And this place, there's a lot of grandparents involved. So you got, generally speaking, one kid. Now you can actually have two kids by policy. But uh, before that, let's just go with normal. It was one kid. And you had six adults, the parents, and both sets of grandparents, all about this one kid. Can you imagine <laughs> how spoiled some of these people are? Uh, so if you live in a town where your, your spouse is, that's great. Now you got six people, but they may, may not work or they, may, might, they might work. So um, you have enough support to help you raise the kid. But the dad usually may not have good job experience, uh, prospects in your town. So you move to wherever to get a good job. Your wife stays home. She's probably working, but now she has a lot of people to help support raise the kid. And then the dad just comes home a couple times a year to go see the kid because you work. If you don't work for the government, you work about six days a week. If you work for the government, you get two days off. And there's a lot of government businesses and things. But in general, if you're not and you work in the private sector, you don't only get one day off a week. So you have to wait for holidays or bank your days so you can actually go home and see your kids. The other option is your grandparents live in a great school district in a great city, but the job that you and your wife have is not. So you may have your kids being raised 100% by the grandparents and you just phone in and talk to your kid. Now, as a chiropractor, I don't know the ramifications of that when you're growing up, but it's common enough to where there's probably a whole bunch of people at school that are like, raised by grandparents, raise your hand, please. Yep. Third of the class. So there's, there's people just know like, yeah, that's what my parents, my parents were never here. And I can see, you know, some relationships, whether it's the mom or the dad, whoever decides to talk more, they're trying to have an influence, but it's hard when you're not actually there. You're dependent on your parents, your grandparents to raise your kids. So, I mean, that's such a wild thing for us. I mean, as having a kid, my in-laws actually live with us now. They're retired. So it's been amazing. My wife and I, we just go to work, come home. We got lunch cooked. We got the house kind of clean. We have a ba- I mean, it's amazing. I'm just like, wow. We had a couple of weeks where we didn't have them. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what y'all do in America all the time. Like, why is the <laughs> ego so big? I work. I'm a single parent. I can do all these things. It's like, no, nah, maybe we should incorporate a little bit more of this familiar uh, joint raising of a kid. It makes it so much easier. And then yeah. the kid's more exposed. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it's almost, there's a lot of opposites of what, what China does compared to here in the U.S. The grandparents are not as involved in raising children anymore. They're oftentimes not even, definitely not living in same towns or cities and often not even the same state. And parents do say, well, it's hard to get away or go to work. I mean, people sometimes 
don't do their career because it costs just as much to have childcare. And so you're away for your kid yeah. and you know, you're not making any money. So that's really different. And also, you know, here we have tons of organized sports there. There's, you know, no organized sports. Um, so what do you think that you are learning and what do you think that Americans can learn um, in terms of the positives about what they are doing in China? Well, we kind of mentioned it, having more of a family support. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, I think now I know, wow, if you really can have your family nearby, that's a huge blessing for you, for your kids, if they're willing to be. Because over there, it's so, like I said, it's kind of kid-centric, so it, they, it's a priority. It's not just, hey, I'll see them a couple of times a year. It's like, no, I want to see my grandkid. This is my grandkid. So I think that's something that we could use a little more dose of. And the work ethic here is unbelievable. Like I said, six days a week. Yeah, you might have to do that. But it's not a surprise to me that they're leaps and bounds faster with stuff. Like when I'm in here in China and I got to get some stuff done in America, heaven forbid it's Friday. My goodness. And I'm like, oh, we need to get this done. Oh, now I got to wait till Monday, which ends up being like Tuesday for us because of the time zone difference. And in China, it's like, no, if you're lucky or unlucky, you have to wait on a Sunday to get the thing done. But usually somebody is probably working that day anyway. So it's just so much more efficient here. Uh, I know my wife sometimes is like, oh, America, they never work. <laughs> that is so funny. More efficient. So let me just let me just um, do the flip side of that. Do you think that they're here? We would say if you work six or seven days a week, you're a workaholic. So do you think, right. And there's a, I feel like there's a big push, particularly in this next generation. Like they're not even interested in working 40 hours a week, you know, having a flexible schedule and less work hours and just focus on efficiency, not focus on the number of hours. Like that's where we're trending. So how do you contrast that to China? And is what the ethic there really better? Well, I I agree with you. I'm, I'm a, more on the, uh, I don't want to have to work more than 40 hours if I don't have to, let's be efficient. So that's, that's my thought for them. You just don't have a choice. If you're going to complain, we got another guy down the street, man. Yeah. Keep complaining. I'll fire you and I'll, I'll replace you. So yeah. you just have to stick with it. Uh, they also kind of stick with the same job, even if it's crappy for a long time. So I don't really, I don't think that's great either. Like, so if you work at a cell phone place, I mean, that's, that's you. You're just kind of chilling at the cell phone place six days a week, 10, 12 hours a day, potentially a long time until you decide that I can do better than this. So like, there is that aspect of like, hey, you didn't go to college. So you're just trying to find a way to make money and you just kind of do it. So like kind of what you're saying, yeah, I think they work too much. You do. But like in the tech field, if you're, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I do. It's just if you're in a, the business of creating cell phone technology and just, computer technology, things like that. You're happy. You're the boss. You're creating all this technology. You're like, yeah, we created 5G. Yeah, like, right. That's us. Where yeah. does America at this? Oh, y'all still halfway there. We're right. already mass producing it. Y'all freaking out. So there's sort of mm-hmm. in that aspect, if you're a business owner, you're excited because you can push out a lot more work. As an employee, I would say, oh, my gosh, can I just get a break? What I about, mean, what about we have one minute left to talk, but what about the the videos I've seen or stories I've heard about of factory workers committing suicide at these very high rates. Is that, is that just sensationalized or is there truth to that? Is there a high suicide rate there? 
I would have to say it's sensationalized. I mean, I work at a hospital and I mean, we don't, I guess they would skip us if, <laughs> if they committed suicide, but I shouldn't laugh at that. But anyway, uh, I don't see it. You know, I, I don't really hear about it. Um, if something crazy like that happened, it might not even get any airplay. Oh. And sometimes if, if something did happen, you might get airplay for like a day or two and then it's finished. You don't hear about it anymore. So the media focuses on what there? Uh, whatever they want. I mean, it's just they're, they're, they're controlled. You know, it's, it's not free press. So if they say, hey, we're done with we're done covering this topic, you're we're, done. We're done. Um, do you do you're done? Does the media talk about Trump a lot? Yeah, you, you guys look ridiculous. Yeah, America looks pretty ridiculous right now. I mean, I don't know. To me, I'm just like, guys, come on. Yeah, Russia's done. Oh, now it's Ukraine. And it's just it's all to me when I see the news, I'm just like, wow, what? They're just making America look silly uh, right now. A little let, bit better with Obama, when, <laughs> of course. When President Obama. Let me, I, I do really want to know this part. Um, in China, would they say America looks silly and crazy and foolish right now? Or would they say Trump looks silly and foolish and crazy? It, like, is it does he really represent oh, us or do people understand there's a different like there's a huge divide in our country? Does that get any coverage or is it Trump slash America? I, mm, I think it's overall. I think they, they look at like the mass shootings that keep happening mm. and then the the, 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 the I don't know if you want to call it a witch hunt or just there's always some kind of drama. But Trump is kind of a silly person. And then, um, boy. I wasn't prepared for that one. I would say there's a little bit of a little bit of mix, and my personal preference is I just wish the media would just back off a little bit with some of the stuff that they cover, and I think it would make America look better on the world stage if it wasn't always just at your face. Because we only see what you see, and if that's all you're going to see on the TV, then it paints everything like that. Yeah. And in reality, it's not quite as bad as if you don't follow it, you don't see it. Yeah. That gotcha. makes sense. Yeah. So you have to be, it's not everywhere there. It's like you have to be paying attention. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Just like in America, if you don't really follow politics, you wouldn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. He's like, I oh, don't know. People don't like Trump. Some people do like Trump. I don't see what the difference is. Uh, but if you really follow it, then you're like, whoa, <laughs> take yeah. a stance or something. But the elect I will say this. I know we're over time, but the election was really fun because everybody really was like, all right, Hillary's going to win. Hillary's going to, what's going on? What happened? Oh, my goodness. Y'all let Trump win. What happened over there? So they were really hoping they can't believe that Trump won to begin with a long time ago. And, yeah, I think we can't uh, with believe the trade it either. wars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The trade wars. They talk about that and it doesn't get a lot of press coverage. But yeah, they're like, man, what's happening? <laughs> it's yes. a little mix of everything. Yeah, absolutely. I've been. Thanks for answering that question. I've been very curious if and, you know, if the world sees Trump as separate from the U.S. or if he really just is truly representative of us and there's not really much of a divide. Um, so thanks for answering that. So I have so uh, really appreciated hearing what it's like. I mean, do you call yourself an expat? Is that a term that's used there? Yeah. Yeah. So for sure, for sure. I've loved talking to an expat living in China um, and I appreciate the work that you do. And again, I would, of both your books, I had, um, that needleless acupuncture book and, um, tried some of the things out with my kids. It comes with, it's a book and it also comes with a little 
kind of needleness probe probe is that right um and so it's yeah, kind yeah. of you know it's kind of fun and it's kind of empowering to think that there are some things you can do at home so um thanks so much for the work that you do and i've so appreciated talking to you thank you so much for having me on it's always fun to share my side and flip the microphone over so i uh, really really appreciate it and look forward to hearing it when it comes out Great. Well, thanks so much. And if you are listening, please rate and subscribe to this podcast. Have a great day.